Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast. I'm your host as always, Andy Davis, and this is episode 20 of season 3. Now we're rounding up our coverage of the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2021 this week with the full version of the interview with Keith Myers that you might have heard an excerpt from just a couple of episodes ago. Keith is, of course, from our Kitchen Retailer of the Year 2021, the Myers Touch in Winchester. Now, it's such a deserved winner, and what we get to hear in this interview is Keith's underlying philosophy of not only what makes a successful retailer, but also the value he puts on truly understanding who the client is, and in turn, how you can only do that if you understand who you are as a business. This is really insightful stuff from someone at the top of their game, so you really don't want to miss it. But first... Keith is one of our 2021 winners, but it could be you in 2022. Yes, entries are now open for the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2022, and it is, as always, totally free to enter. There are categories for kitchen and bathroom design projects, showrooms, all-round retailers, installers, and suppliers. So wherever you are, there is something for you. The closing date is November 16th, and all the info you need is at kbbreview.com forward slash awards. And here is Keith Myers from the Myers Touch. Hello, Keith. Hello, good morning. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. And congratulations on a very well-deserved win. You've been a finalist in this category several times, haven't you? So how does it feel to actually win it? Well, actually, to get over the line, I must say, was a moment of shock. Because having obviously been there, like many award winners are, where you don't actually get the award, to actually have won something is obviously a great delight. And um, obviously, we've worked hard for it as well. So having that peer recognition is amazing. Yeah, and there's a part of me, I think, that's always really pleased when, and I mean this in the most positive possible way, the smaller guys do take home the prizes sometimes. And it, it just shows that it really isn't about how much money you make or whether you employ 50 people or whatever it is. It really is about what you do in your own environment and in your own business. I think one thing that I've learned over the years is if you've made the final of a design award or a competition of any sort, you really have won because it's a very, very competitive award to get into. It's a real challenge to get into that place. You know, when you look at the people that have been consistently up for Kitchen Showroom of the Year awards and also the Retailer Awards, um, it's without exception, they're all phenomenal businesses. So um, I think this competition is, is stiff. It is always very, very close. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, look, let's um, let's start, Keith, if we can, with a bit of background for those that aren't as familiar with you. Give us a brief overview of the Myers Touch, like where you're based, etc. Okay, well, we're based in um, Winchester in Hampshire. We're probably about 18, 18 years, 19 years we've been in business now. The Myers Touch actually started as a design and build company. So we would actually go in and design interiors, extensions, architecture, and then we would actually build it. But with some significant changes in, for those who've been in the industry for a long time, in building regs and health and safety, we really had to focus on what we really enjoyed the most. And although I do like to construct and build things, actually, I I think ultimately we we like the design side. So we became a somatic retailer probably about 12 or 13 years ago, which was a great step for us. And it's a, a great product to be able to help us um, to design at that level, really. So we're constantly innovating, adapting, growing, changing, and just basically seeing bigger and bigger projects come into us, which have its own challenges as well. I mean, it is a, a fantastically consistent business, the Myers Touch. I mean, you're based there in Winchester, a lovely part of the world. How is business for you at the moment? We're verging on a bit mad at the moment, really. It's really interesting because when I first joined the industry, there were many people saying about particular times of the year would be really busy and then it'd be really quiet here. I mean, August is often a quiet time. 
But actually, we found it all over the place. You just really have no idea what's coming at, at times. And because we're more high end, we don't need a high footfall to have a very successful business. We just need to make sure we attract the right clients. And a lot of our marketing is targeted around choosing our clients as well. I mean, when a client walks in the door, we don't have to work with them. You know, we have a choice. And I think in that whole process, as you're evolving your strategy, your marketing, who you're talking to, um, how you draw people into you, it's very, very important. So our marketing is designed for two functions, one to draw people towards us, which is the obvious one. And the other one is to push people away because we're not right for everybody and we need to carve our own niche out and our own market. And there's some great kitchen studios in Hampshire um, as well. We bump into them, of course. And, you know, we're not always the right place for, for everybody. I mean, that is one of the things I think that stands out with your business very consistently. And certainly this year during the judging was you have a very clear view of what it is you want. Your business planning is very impressive, but also you have a real philosophy around the Myers Touch, don't you? <laughs> well, that came complete by chance, really, when I was actually in Scotland, which I suppose Kitchens International and Geddes would say all good things come from Scotland. However, I was um, really impacted when I was visiting Charles Rennie Mackintosh's, one of the mu- museums there, and, and suddenly began to realise that design is so much more than just boxes and products as, as important as products are they are a foundational level to what we do and our whole philosophy I suppose an approach to design really for me flipped over and started us on a journey I think what we sometimes forget in our industry in certain situations it's not in every situation but in certain situations what we're doing is we're creating very emotive very spiritual very other world type of places for people we're creating the feeling that design creates and creating that feeling that design creates it's not common in our industry um, there's a lot of people and more people beginning to do that and we rattle off this kind of phrase so often the kitchen is the heart of the home but to be honest with you most people really don't know what it means or how to get there and because it's so personal so you've got to have a really really focused really bespoke way of dealing with the clients drawing them to you and, and having this engagement that stretches them into a place. They know what it is when they walk into it. And we had one project where we dropped round on a Sunday morning as we were passing to go to some friends and we had breakfast with them. And, and when we walked into the space, the, the lady client was actually jumping up and down on the spot because she was so excited to show us what was a transformational space for her. Now, when you look at the kitchen, you know, even from a design point of view, it wouldn't win an award, but it's not always about that. Sometimes there's certain kitchens that will win awards or you can get into a final and others that you can't. But it's because you've got to test the architecture, get the architecture right and get the whole flow of the space right, really understand their needs. And then you get reactions like that. You haven't been in the kitchen industry all your life. You had a sort of very corporate life before you got into this world, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. I used to work, actually, I trained, believe it or not, as, a, as an engineer, as a design engineer. And I was in the electronics field and I didn't really enjoy it. I, I was more interested in people, I suppose, or what, what things did rather than how it did it. So I actually moved into a computer company and I spent 12 years with them and then put my hand up for redundancy when the IT industry went through a bit of a shuffle and kind of thought about what to do next. And as I think most people you talked about kitchens, they stumble into it. They don't really choose it as a career path. Hopefully that's changing. But what I did is I brought that experience, that knowledge, that background into the industry. So for us, I mean, one practical example of that is when the whole coronavirus thing hit and we were to go into lockdown, 
all of my IT systems were already set up for a disaster recovery situation. And we just basically picked up our computer's phone, went home, plugged them in, and they worked. That's been in place right since I started the MyTouch because I understand some of the technical concepts. I guess what I'm getting at here is that the, the project management element of what you do is very impressive. The business planning element of what you do is very impressive. And you would expect that from someone with the kind of background that you've had. But it seems to have been this kind of epiphany moment, as you describe it, where you, you start talking about feelings and emotion and what the work that you do can mean to people in the gut. If you like, it's not about award winning. It's about how it makes people feel. And that is not necessarily something that links in with, this, with, the, with the background that you've had. No, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm going I'm to say something which you're kind of going to perhaps laugh laugh about. But you know, sometimes you, when you're journeying something and you're stretching the brand, you have to really push into something to stretch a thought process to see how far it can go. Many years ago, and this kind of came out of my visit to Scotland. One of the questions I asked, or one of the things I was thinking, kitchens have a practical function and they they have to work at many many different levels, but a relational level. How do they work? And I asked myself a question, say, can I design a kitchen to save a marriage? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the answer is no, I can't. So I'm, very, I'm really sorry to anybody that's listening. But, <laughs> but actually, it starts to make the question is, what is the power to cement and strengthen relationships within the home and to create an environment that should people choose to want to develop a relationship with each other within their family or in their marriage or partnership or whatever? that they can actually do that and what is the what is the ability that design has to be able to facilitate that and how far can it go and and that started us both myself and my wife we're both people of faith anyway so um it's kind of partly an easier kind of exploring it is that how far can design go and how far can it influence people's lives for the better now what's really interesting during the whole lockdown thing is that suddenly families are thrust together in a small space, their home, and they, they can't go outside, and it put pressure on relationships. And obviously, we know the divorce rate struggled during that period, but also it strengthened some relationships as well. So, I mean, there's human choices to make, but there is ways as designers that we can we can create environments that naturally draw people to them without them thinking about it because they want to be there. The space is right; it feels comfortable, it feels at home, and everything is right. And, and that is, I think, that's been more prevalent now the kitchen is a really important place to invest in spiritually and emotionally yeah and that's very much reflected in how you run your business as well which is great because as you say you're you're sort of putting your arms around people when they walk into that showroom you're helping lead them through what is a very big purchase but also something that will play a very important part in how they live their lives every day and that's you know that does come back to marketing because some people find it kind of too touchy-feely for them and i understand that and we have to help them through that process and i think it is tricky because it does require a certain type of individual that is willing to be open to you one of the things i talk about is that one of the highest levels of design is what i call trusted advisor it's a status where where people continually come back to you for a new kitchen if in this situation or for advice or whatever it might be and this trusted advisor status is a place of of trust with the client but it's also a place of intimacy in the sense of intimate connection with the client. Now, not everybody wants to go to that because they're just buying a few boxes in the kitchens, and that's why we're very happy to service that. However, the real change happens when you are 
able to form a professional friendship with a client and understand them more deeply because the kitchen ultimately is very individual and very uh, bespoke to every person and there isn't uh, there is off the shelf stuff and things but you, you you're really trying uh, at our level of the market we're really trying to find something which is unique which stands out which it matches them personally and in order to get that we've got to allow a deepening of the relationship and connection between us and when a client allows that they do become a professional friend if you know i mean well, obviously once the project's finished and we probably lose touch and things i'm not talking about that kind of friendship but you know they do step over a line and what they do is they start to reveal their innermost thoughts and ideas and passions and how that can then be expressed in design and through the kitchen it's why it's you know i think it's important to have interiors as part of a of a package these days to look at materials wall, wall colors finishes and actually pressing into the architecture to make sure the architecture is right. Because if the architecture is wrong in a kitchen project, the kitchen will never feel right and will, ne will never go right. So it, it is challenging. It is fun. And when you get there and in that place with the client, you can create the most amazing things because you've, you've almost accessed the spiritual aspect of them in that sense. Yes, it's about trust, isn't it? I think that all this is about trust, and it's about uh, you know invoking this idea of, of total trust, faith, and confidence in the person that you're working with, that who you're handing over and you know a large sum of money to at the end of the day. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, one of the things that stood out in your entry of the awards, and the judges talked about a lot, was the, the, the sort of marketing you carried on doing through the lockdowns. And in a way, you kind of pivoted and you were very agile with your marketing as you went through. As you said, you, you took advantage of a lot of that technology. And one of the things was you did these virtual design talks, didn't you, which I've seen a few of. Uh, and they're, they're just really interesting. And it is about forming relationships again, isn't it? The, the old design talk started when I was invited to speak at the KBSA at their AGM many years ago now, I can't remember, probably 10 years ago, I'd have thought of something like this. And, and then they went on to kind of grand designs. And they used to do probably four, four to eight talks for grand designs in London and Birmingham over a period of a few years. And of course, that only happens every six months. And although we were using it, you know, as a marketing activity to take people up to grand designs, we, we kind of thought that actually this is more needed locally in our own market so we started running monthly design talks i would do one every quarter my wife would do would do them sometimes but also bringing guests so we brought in local architects practices lighting designers um, all sorts of different other professions so when we hit lockdown the actual design talk that we had planned for i think that week we went into lockdown obviously we had to cancel and then we had this kind of situation well what do we do and, and like everybody we suddenly have to pivot as you were your business online and we thought okay well how do we how do we do that and I mean it was a massive learning curve trying to get hold of the technology to be able to do it you know proper webcams and you know microphones and all that sort of stuff was a bit fiddly the first and then suddenly having to write on the fly design talks um, and it's been a very interesting journey for us because you don't realize how much you know until you have to write it down yeah, and over that period, we've done we've done our um, light space and laughter talk quite a few times. We've done uh, subjects like unlocking your kitchen's potential, five steps of starting your new kitchen, dealing with small spaces, dealing with large spaces, how to create drama in a kitchen. I think the first lockdown was very different because it was all new to everybody. Every kind of liked Zoom, you know, in that sense, they were stuck at home, nothing to do, and we had a very good attendance every single week for for those talks we had questions coming in we had work coming so once lockdown began to ease and we could reopen again 
we built a momentum up of people that want to work with us and they've connected with us. It's like the old thing, I suppose you see a celebrity in a film or something, you kind of feel you know them to a degree and you do get to know people in video. So it has it has worked and it has worked well. Uh, it's taught us a lot of what we what we know and, and, and developed and honed some of our thought processes. I guess it's it's pushing you and your expertise as a, a marketing entity, if you know what I mean. It's not just pictures of your showroom or here's a kitchen we designed. It's pushing you know, the idea of working with you as part of the package. Yeah, marketing is really interesting, isn't it? Because it's it's not easy to do marketing. You've got to be thinking all the time about what people are wanting and how they want to find you, how they want to see you. I sometimes think kitchen designers are missing a massive opportunity if they just focus on boxes all the time. And it's really interesting when you look at architecture uh, and interior designers or people that, then that's a design industry. When you generally look at the kitchen industry, it's a sales in- industry, not a design industry. Now, I think one of the things that the awards are doing, particularly all the work you, you put in, Andy, of raising up that profile of great designers in our industry, I think it would be lovely to see people coming out of university and wanting to go into kitchens and live in spaces because they're phenomenally interesting, phenomenally challenging. And if we can kind of work towards moving our industry from a sales industry to a design industry, obviously we've still got to sell. You know, I'm not saying we, we don't sell, but just that kind of some situations where it has that double glazing feel about it. And I think we can learn from each other and we can develop a a profession where we become a professional design industry and we can do some phenomenal impacts um, and changes for people in their homes. One of the things I'll conclude with this, Keith, uh, thank you so much for your time today. I think one of the things that stands out with you and, and with people like Jim Geddes and those kind of guys as well that are very consistent in this is that no matter how long they've been doing this for, they're always constantly trying to look for new things. They're always they're always very willing to try new strategies. And one of the things that came out of the lockdown was how willing are you to try something completely new because you're going to have to. Uh, but I think if you already had that mindset, it was one of the things that set people apart, I think. Yeah, it, it is it is a mindset. I mean, we all know the people that um, nothing ever changes and they'll just gradually fade away, basically. Um, innovation is, is hard, actually. I mean, I don't know what people think about us from the outside. You've made a few things which are lovely to hear, of course. But the hours of thought process that go into innovating, thinking about things, changing your eyes, it's not easy to do. Uh, it doesn't just trip off the tongue. I mean, people can copy what we do, which is which is fine. It's quite an honour in one sense to be copied. Uh, however, people don't understand the why we've done what we've done. And if you don't understand the why of what you're doing, then actually it's it lacks a passion and an essence, which really is what is compelling at the end of the day. And it's not just about copying. It's about inventing what you are, who you want to be, how you want to help people, the message, the legacy you want to leave with clients. You know, kitchens is a tough industry. If I'd probably realised how tough it might be sometimes, I probably would have done something a bit easier. But it is rewarding as well. And I think that's kind of what keeps you alive. Some of the toughness at the moment we're dealing with suppliers is a massive, massive issue. And a lot of my team are just constantly chasing, chasing, chasing the whole, the whole time. I'd like to see, um, you know, changes in some of the software that we have in the industry. Some of the quality of it just isn't good enough and it needs to, you know, raise its game and its standard up so we can be putting much more professional documentation and work out there because we're now competing with interior designers that are using very good pieces of software and, and 
architects and those sorts of things so one of the things that's standard in the Myers church is we're always changing it's kind of a bit we we laugh we laugh about it because we've got an, another new idea and it tends to be me coming up with stupid ideas and things or challenging the team and things in order to keep the energy um keep the excitement and keep the relevance really and that's what keeps it all moving forward look keith thank you so much for your time it's so fascinating to get inside your head sometimes to hear how you approach these things and this has been such a well-deserved win this year like i say you're always there or thereabouts but i think this year in particular you really proved yourself through that lockdown of just of just what you're capable of doing so congratulations to you and congratulations to everyone else there and we'll catch up again soon brilliant all the best and thank you very much for your team for hosting the event and what a great place it, it was too like I said, I went I went to church and won an award. <laughs> <laughs> you see, two birds with one stone. Uh, thanks very much, Keith. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Keith Myers from our Kitchen Retailer of the Year 2021, The Myers Touch. Such a cerebral approach to how designers and retailers should work with their clients. So, so interesting. Remember that entries are open for the 2022 awards, so it could be you up on that stage next March at the ceremony in Birmingham alongside the KBB show. So go to kbbreview.com forward slash awards to find out more. See you next time.